Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest in this episode is Pam Russell. We're talking about growing up in a family without any emotions, not feeling good enough under the pressure to be perfect, and what happens when you allow yourself to open up and be vulnerable in the company of other women. Pam is a writer, journalist, mother of two daughters, and a connector of women. She and I met through her Facebook group, Hot Women of an Uncertain Age. Growing up, Pam inferred that not showing your emotions means you're strong, and being a girl equaled being weak, and she never wanted to be seen as girly. It wasn't until she started talking with a therapist a few years ago that she realized she even had emotions because she had never allowed herself to access them. This realization, along with some international travel, shifted her paradigm and caused her to question everything she'd been taught about the way we live our lives. Listen to the end to hear what she has to say about society's expectations. Quick reminder, today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. If you're tired of feeling like your life is stuck at fine and you'd like to move closer to a life that lights you up and fills you with excitement, go to zenrabbit.com to learn more about the Fine to Fantastic program. It's a platform where you can tap into gratitude, connections, and courage with others who are looking for the same confidential space in which to bloom. Thank you for joining me today, Pam. I'm so excited to talk with you about your journey and your experience. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So give me a brief overview of your early life. What was expected of you when you were growing up and what beliefs were instilled in you or what beliefs did you pick up? I think that growing up, you know, it was a traditional family. We lived in Indiana and then we moved to Florida when I was about 16. The values were suck it up and get it done. Right. (laughs) Okay. Work done. It's not, uh, it wasn't an emotional fan. Like we were not embracing our emotions. Basically we weren't a family that sat and um, discussed things, middle-class blue collar family, you know, loving family for sure. But um, it wasn't a family where, where someone put their arms around you and said, that's okay. You know, um, Mm. don't worry if you can't get this done right. We'll try it again. It was more like, you know, you can't get this done right. Go do something else, you know? So it was kind of an emotionally 
quiet family, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't express a lot of emotions. We didn't express a lot of emotions. Right. We just learned that it wasn't that we, that we did not express emotions. And then how did you live the first 20, 25 years of your adult life? Tell tell me a little bit of the story there. I was a, a woman of action, you know, like you just did stuff. You just did what you could in school. You, um, you did stuff around the house, you know, you did not, you know, I know younger, we certainly had our leisure time, but uh, certainly as we got to be teenagers, you know, hanging out and just doing nothing wasn't really acceptable. We did have a period where my dad was in Florida and my mom was in Indiana and that was a little more lax. We didn't have the, in some respects, but in other respects, she, um, because she was a single mom at that time, we did have more responsibility in some aspects around the house, but I wouldn't, wouldn't say I was shy, but I certainly didn't understand my own emotions and didn't understand myself and didn't realize how important you know, sharing your feelings were with other people to make a connection. And so that's kind of what happened for my first more than 25 years, first 40, almost 50 years of not not knowing how important sharing and being vulnerable and reaching out and letting other people help you was. That's, I mean, that's kind of like Mm -hmm. the bottom line. You don't, it's a Midwestern thing again, right? It's a mid, it's a value thing uh, or New England thing. Probably you don't, you do, you're self-sufficient. You don't Mm. need help. You do everything yourself. That was instilled in me pretty early. When you were raising your own children, is that how you raised them? Yes, unfortunately. Um, Very much. I didn't understand it. You need to tell your kids it's okay not to be able to do things. It was more like, I, I didn't understand that like, sometimes you just can't do things. You just can't. It's not a failure of anything. It's just, who that person is at that time and what circumstances are in front of them. That's so, yeah, that's definitely how my children until recently and still, you know, they still have that lot of, so it's a lot of internal criticism that's created in your own voice, the voice of your parents that, that kind of gets handed down to you of you got to do things better. Like I've never felt like whatever I do, I've done is good enough. Uh, not intentionally, but I know in some respects I have passed that down to my, my daughters. Unfortunately, my husband's not like that. And so, you know, that's a little bit, they, they got a little bit of a reprieve from him. A little bit of balance there. A little bit. Yeah. 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 You know, I wonder how common that is that it's not good enough Mm -hmm. that we could do better because I remember my mom telling a story I don't remember the actual incident, but I remember her telling the story of me coming home in first grade. So six years old in tears Mm -hmm. because I got a 97 on a spelling test and not a hundred. And the the other part of that story is she was horrified that that was a value that had already been instilled in me at six years old. She's like, I don't know where this came from, Mm -hmm. but so it's kind of like, I wonder, is that something that we just are innately born with. Some people are, and some people have it passed down from family. I don't know. I don't think it's passed down. I mean, I think, I guess you could argue that it is, but I think it's more of a societal subtle cues, uh, religious background. I mean, I, um, this is a story I've told somebody recently was that, you know, when I was probably seven, I went into the kitchen and I was crying and my mom's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't do it perfectly. I'm not perfect. And she goes, honey, 
only Jesus is perfect, you know, and, or no, no, she knows she's like, not even Jesus was perfect. And, you know, and I know, I recall that internal dialogue saying, no, I'm going to be perfect. And like, where that came from, I know that that came from, you know, my upbringing for sure. I mean, I know Uh now, that, but at the, but I, I lived with that and I still live with that a little bit. I think that in the group that you and I are in the hot women group, the, um, the questionnaire that was sent out, one of the question was, what is, what is your proudest, proudest mo- moment or biggest? Yeah. Biggest success. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And like, I really had a hard time. Cause I'm like, I don't feel like any of it's good enough. I don't feel like anything's, you know, something that I can be proud of. It was the proudest moment. Right. And a lot of moms would be like, Oh, when my daughter did so-and-so or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's not my account. That's not my accomplishment. That's their, right. I had, a, I, I just finally, I'm like, I just put something down. I think I can't remember like when our board reached like 300 in a month or something. And, but like, yeah, that, that dialogue of, I, I can't, you know, I, I worked for a paper that won a Pulitzer the year that I worked for him. I have done a lot of things, but it's it's like I can always I feel like I can always do better. Like I'm yeah. always struggling with I can always do better. Nothing's yeah. good enough. So I'm curious, what order? What's your birth order? I'm the youngest. My brother okay. is three years older. Yeah, that's interesting. Only because it seems like a lot of times that's a, an oldest child thing. Yes. Yeah, that I that's my case. I'm the oldest. So. I just yeah, was yeah. wondering where, if that yeah. had any, any effect, but I guess not. <laughs> so, so I know that you are going through a big life transition right now. Before we get to that, how long were you in fine? Everything's fine here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I lived my adult life. Basically from, I got married at 24 and that entire time I would say that I lived in fine. Like it's mm. fine. That's fine. It's fine because you don't, you know, either when you're in your twenties and you're trying to establish your career or when you're raising your children or, you know, going back to your career, um, you don't have, I don't think women are allowed to stop and think, whoa, wait a minute. This is not for me. This is not working out. I am not fine because it's viewed as a weakness, right? If you're emotional, then, oh, well, it's a typical woman thing. Yeah. So that, that the whole time has been fine until over the last two, two, three years, probably two years that yeah. I've broken out of fine. So, and I didn't, I didn't realize there was another way of being. <laughs> I did. Okay. All right. So, which brings up the question I was going to ask you is, did you talk to your friends about everything being fine, but not really feeling fine? Nope. No, no, oh, no, that was not, uh, that was cause I didn't, I don't think I recognized it. Mm. I think that's the thing is you don't recognize it when you're in that. I I'm learning that I'm a person who doesn't, and I think everybody's different. Right. But I think that I, um, I am a person that doesn't recognize my own feelings. Like I had a hard time. I'd struggled with like, like other people can read me, but I don't read myself. So. Right. Which would go back to your childhood where you were basically not allowed to have feelings. Right. So I, I just didn't, didn't acknowledge them. I didn't know that I had feelings that were, I don't know, valid, but like, I just literally, I just stuffed everything down. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then what happened? 
my husband and I started just kind of exploring our marriage and we broke out of the box of what we were doing for better or worse. And now we're in the process of separating. We've been separated since October, but it's been a 18 month journey or so. But that, you know, actually conversely, what happened was um, that was important, but as important was the fact that I met up in, in January of 2020, a year ago, I had some travel planned. And so I went to Los Angeles and I went to Washington, D.C. in the same trip. And when I was in Los Angeles, I talked to two women that I'd known for a long time and I was vulnerable with them. Mm. And I told them about some of the struggles and some of the things that I was going with, going through And it was like a magic box had opened up to me because being vulnerable with these women, they reciprocated and they were vulnerable and open with me. And same thing happened. So I met two women separately and no, it was actually three women. And then I went to Washington DC and same thing happened. And so that's when I came back and I started the hot women of an uncertain age board because I'm like, we're not talking. You know, we're Mm -hmm. not talking about Mm -hmm. anything. And I think that, I don't think that women talk that much. I mean, I think we talk about stuff that's not important. I think Uh we talk about kids. Kids are important, but that's not really who we are. We might talk about careers. Uh, A lot of women talk about clothes and TV shows and things like that. That's fine. That's entertainment, but that's not really a... Uh, connection. That's not a a point of connection. And that's kind of where I failed because I never like to talk about, you know, TV shows or fashion or whatever. Uh Uh Um, So it's, that's not really who I am. I'm not a small talk person, but that's not a failure. No, but (laughs) that's not who I am. And so, but that, that access, accessing this deep well of, of women who had all these emotions and wanted to talk. Right. And then also conversely, the year before that I'd been to India and that opened up my eyes to how everything is. Wow. And the year before that we went to Vietnam. So international travel where you, you, we showed up in Vietnam and people were were driving on the wrong side of the street and (laughs) people were just walking across the traffic and, it, 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 like through everything that you, that I knew up into question is like, oh my God, you know, the way that we live our lives, the rules that we follow are not set in stone. They're not, mm. they're just a construct. And why do we have to follow those rules? So yeah, so the, the trips to Vietnam, the trip to India, you know, kind of our, our, our marriage, marital difficulties, and then, you know, being vulnerable with other women and then being open up to us. And then, and then starting the conversation on, on Facebook with the group of women has literally changed my life. Um, and, I, and I would say of all of those, I think having more women friends and talking and, and, and connecting with the women has been the biggest of those. Cool. So I want to go back to the women that you, you just met them in LA and then. No, no, no. They're, up. no, they're old friends. They were old friends. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't clear on that. No, okay. there were, there were, there were friends that some, you know, to varying levels, we had been friends for a long time, but we didn't have the friendship where I could call up somebody and say, I'm struggling, help me. Right. Yeah. Okay. And now I could with those women. Right. And they could okay. to me. Yeah. Okay. And so we don't know how this story goes because you're still going through it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a cool thing. 
Some right. of my guests, some of my guests have stories where, I mean, nobody knows how the story ends because we're all still alive, obviously, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but sometimes they've gotten through that particular period of transition so they can talk to how it's turned out. We, uh-huh. you and I, we're in our journey are still in the midst of it. So <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely uh, positive though. It's, um, yeah. Do you, so you feel like you're making the right decision? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the separation from my husband and then, you know, the self-awareness and um, I can't re- remember who I was talking to the other day, but I was telling them that, you know, sometimes I'm really happy and um, I, I have a much wider depth and breadth of emotions than I used to. Mm. So like I was fairly flat, at least I felt flat internally, mm. although Again, I think that manifested as ang- like it was anger. Other people saw that as anger. Now I have like like this morning I was really happy and I'm just so excited and it's such a great day. And tomorrow may not be that great and it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. have it's more of a roller coaster. I don't know if that's perimenopause or if it's just whatever it is. But I like it. I like being able to have different emotions and and sit with them and and process them. Yeah. Well, you know, that's really being human. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about feeling the emotions and we've labeled emotions as negative and positive, but right. they're really just all emotions. Like mm-hmm. some of them may feel better than others, but it's, it's all part of the human experience. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't recommend stuffing any of them down, right? even when they don't feel, let's say they don't feel good to experience them and move through them is so important. Sounds like you're learning how to do that, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's really, I went to a therapist kind of at the beginning of all this, actually, before I went to India, I started seeing a therapist and her first question was like, you know, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I really don't know. You know, that was when I started unpacking my feelings and realizing that I had them. I'm like, wow. oh, and it, it took a, it was, you know, it's a scary thing to sit with sadness or anger or grief. And yeah, I've still got a lot to work through. My, my mother died in July of 2005. A month later, Katrina hit. My, can, my daughter had cancer when she was four in 2008. In the midst of that, we moved to Washington, D.C. and we moved back. And <laughs> during all of that, I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. I've got my job. I've got my kids. We're packing. We're unpacking. We're moving. We're, we're just doing the thing. Out. We're just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. never stop to be like, oh, I'm kind of sad about this. Right. Allow yourself to, again, feel the emotions mm-hmm. and process the situation. It's interesting because I think that at least the way I was raised, it's kind of thought of as a strength not to show your emotion. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's it's a it's a masculine trait, but like I was also like, don't be like a girl, you know, kind of mm-hmm. don't don't feel your emotion. Mm-hmm. Cause that's so girly and I never wanted to be girly. Being a girl was like a bad thing. Wow. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 like my parents never said that, but it was just kind of like not, it wasn't like, it was just that girls are weaker. That's kind of what girls are weaker. I don't want to be weak. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. I have one more question for you and it's, somewhat related. It may seem unrelated to this conversation that we've been having, 
But in baseball, there's this thing known as your walk-up song. And I'm not a big baseball fan, but I like this concept. It's the song that as you, that you as the player uh, gets you pumped up and it inspires the crowd and it gives them some insights into your personality. What is your walk-up song? So this will be a surprise after based on what I, what I uh, just said, but it would probably be Lizzo's Like a Girl because it's about being a girl and also being strong. Yeah. And I think uh, us as women need to embrace our femininity and strengths that are, now that I am aware of them, uh, superior to masculine strength. Very cool. And so then do you listen to that song? So this is the purpose of my asking the song is do you listen to it when you need to get pumped up and feel infused with good energy? Yeah. I listen to, I listen to a lot of Lizzo when I need that. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And we're going to put a link in the show notes to that song. Okay. So everybody can listen to it and get pumped up. And then at some point we'll make a playlist of all the songs that all of the guests have mentioned. Awesome. That's cool. Well, Pam, thank you so much. Is there a last lesson or message that you want to share with the audience? It's kind of passe to say this or cliche, but be authentic, be who they are and and don't be afraid to, to do the things that you want to do. Don't let society's expectations stop you from doing the things that you feel compelled to do, except mm. for criminal activity, of course. <laughs> criminal activity excluded. Excluded, yes, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a four-letter word. Good to be here. Thanks, Lori. A few key points for you to take away from what Pam shared in this episode are, one, you are not alone in struggling with recognizing and giving yourself credit for accomplishments. We need to stop glossing over our successes. We need to say, I'm proud of you, to ourselves and to our friends. There's something about that particular phrase, I'm proud of you that has extra impact beyond simply saying great job or way to go. I've seen the impact this has in my own life just recently. And I got to tell you, the first few times a friend said it to me, it brought tears to my eyes and it still can. It's that powerful. Number two, there is actually another way of being beyond fine. Of course, this podcast is called Fine is a Four-Letter Word to shine a spotlight on that fact. But as Pam says, until a few years ago when she stopped and thought, whoa, hold on here, this is not working out. I'm really not fine. She never realized that there was another way of being. Number three, once again, and this keeps coming up, your feelings are valid. No matter what you're feeling, It's what you're feeling. Allow yourself to feel. Like it or not, this is part of being human. Number four, when you are open and vulnerable with others, they will reciprocate. And it's in those moments of vulnerability that you can really connect with someone. And connection is very different than simply communicating. It's much deeper. Number five, The rules we follow, the way we live our lives, are not set in stone. Question those rules. Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley and author of the book The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, calls them brules, as in bullshit rules. 
Don't be afraid to do the things that you want to do. Don't let society's expectations stop you from doing the things you feel compelled to do. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. <laughs>